Hello, and welcome back to the Being Whole podcast. Today, I'm here with De LaShawn Bordeaux. De LaShawn is the founder of Speak Our Truth, a nonprofit for survivors of sexual abuse. She is also a self-love coach who teaches women to redefine the beauty that lies beneath their pain. I hope that you enjoy this conversation with De LaShawn and I today. I also hope that you can see that there are ways to talk about difficult subject matters or to have difficult conversations without it having to be traumatic and scary. And that's really a mission for both her and I is to make these conversations less scary. So thank you for joining in and welcome to the conversation with De LaShawn and I. Okay, so today we are here with De LaShawn Bordeaux, and De LaShawn, I'm so excited that you agreed to be a guest today. Obviously, we have an event coming up, you and I, for your organization, Speak Our Truth, and so today I'd just like to welcome you here to share a little bit about yourself, about the organization, and all of the wonderful ways that you keep yourself whole. So, no pressure. What you got? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, whew, so I have a lot. <laughs> but we'll, we'll start with the organization. I have um, an organization, Speak Our Truth, which is for survivors of sexual assault. I was 
a victim between the ages of 14 and 18 um, by the man I was supposed to trust the most, my, um, my father. And being a victim was hard, but I never wanted to walk away from my family. So I hid it on the inside for many years. And then when I had a daughter, it became very triggering because I, I went into postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And my postpartum depression was a trigger from my sexual assault. And what happened is I wouldn't go to bed. I wouldn't sleep. Um, you know, my husband, I was married. My husband was saying, well, let me hold the baby. And I was like, no, you can't take her in the room with you. Don't, I had rules. You don't shut the door. Um, you know, you can't do anything unless I'm right there. And so what was happening, I was neglecting myself and my sleep because I was too worried about what may happen to her since I hadn't dealt with what happened to me. And at that time I was given the ultimatum, either I deal with my situation or I was gonna have to you know, look for a divorce. Yeah. I was in love and oh. I chose to say something. However, I wasn't ready. Oh. <laughs> I oh. wasn't ready. I was kind of forced into it. It was an ultimatum. So it was like, oh, okay. I wasn't prepared. I didn't know what to expect. I remember going first. The first trigger was the fact that I went to the wrong police station. So of course now I've told my story just for them to tell me, well, thank you for the story, but we can't do anything here. So you have to go to this police station, go to that police station. And I tell my story within a few days, you know, they asked me if I have any witnesses. I had one person. So then we have to come back after they give their testimony and tell the story again. And it was like an ongoing process. Um, I remember because my predator is a prominent person in the community. I remember it coming out in the news. And although I was anonymous, I was still getting phone calls. Social media was out. So I dealt with people saying she doesn't want anything but money. Um, You know, what is she going to do? She's lying. But I was like, well, how do you know I'm lying when you haven't even asked my side? And I was also like, well, hold on. How do you know I'm lying? You don't even know it's me. Like, (laughs) how do you just assume they're lying and you don't even know who it is? And so, you know, I had a few people that would call out and, you know, I had some that would say, I'm sorry you went through this. It was kind of weird with the way you were treated. But then I had some who were just automatically, oh, no, that that's there's just no way that happened. Going through that, uh, we went through the indictment. He wasn't charged and I completely handled it different. I didn't cry. At that moment, I went out and got drunk. That's what I knew. I didn't know what to do. I was depressed. I didn't know how to admit it. So I was like, I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to forget this night ever existed. Mm -hmm. I remember my mom saying, would you like me to be there for you? And I was like, no, nothing happened. If the court doesn't care, why should we? And that was my, my mentality. And that was when I kind of knew I was in a rough space because I turned to alcohol um, and that's what I relied on. I drunk alcohol to wake up, I drunk alcohol to go to sleep. I was just an alcoholic, but I wasn't willing to deal with it. So finally in 2017, I actually got a real therapist and actually finally dealt with it. I had been through my choice of therapist prior. Mm -hmm. Really all I got was a bunch of days off work. (laughs) with pay (laughs) happens nothing helped because we weren't talking about the issue they were just like oh you just need to be off and you go home and deal with and I was like I do need to be off work yes Mm -hmm. perfect but what happens when you're at home and you're not dealing with it Mm -hmm. you're just sitting there living in your trauma you're still depressed you're still 
you know, drinking, nothing is getting better. And so in 2017, I got a real therapist and it took us a year to finally talk about it. I talked about everything else. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is everything I talked about led to one bottom line. I had been assaulted and never dealt with it. And so she started telling me, you know, learn how to journal. I started writing. And the more I wrote, I started crying. And I was like, well, I want a blog and I can help somebody. So I started a blog. And then the next year I was like, that's not enough. So in 2019, I was like, I want an organization. I want to, you know, help people. And I, I did it. I just came out and I was like, I'm gonna do whatever's necessary to try to help somebody. And that's where we've been. We quit in 2020. Uh, <laughs> I thought the pandemic was a sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, the pandemic told us that we all just need to quit everything. and just. It really kind of did. <laughs> it really was kind of like, all right, what are y'all doing? Pause. Stop. Start over. Don't, <laughs> don't ca- pass go. Don't collect $200. dollars Just stop. And that's how stop. it felt. <laughs> and it's, it stopped us a few weeks before Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Mm, yeah. And that was the time I was looking to actually do my first event. I was going to try to put on a seminar and I had talked to people. I was excited. And so when it happened, I was like, okay, I'm gonna quit. But the more I was in the house, and people began to talk about the things they were going through and you can see it online. And then you had to start thinking outside the box. Well, if these people are going through it with mental depression, what are survivors going through? Mm-hmm. What about intimate partners, sexual assault, where they're still in the house and they may be in, they may, may be victims of sexual assault every day during this pandemic because we're shut down. There's nowhere for them to go. There's no way to have peace. So I told myself when we came out the pandemic, I was going to be on the ground. I was ready. I was going to do whatever's necessary. And so I'm here and just went full force. Half the time, I don't know where I'm going, but I just know I'm help. <laughs> but that, you know, just everything you've said is so inspiring. I'm just in awe of you for really, you know, getting to the place then too, where you can be like, okay, yep, I got a real therapist and I had to own up to some of these other things. And that's hard. You know, it's like, there's the trauma work that's hard. There's the confronting it. And you know, again, everything you said, when you were talking about having to go to one police station and tell your story, you know, I'm sitting here and not only from my own perspective, but then from the, you know, countless individuals I've known who've had similar experiences it is, you just go to that place and you feel it. And and I want to just express to anyone who wonders why people don't report, there is a reason. It is exhausting and it is hard and it is so emotional. And you don't know how many times you're going to have to do it or try to convince people at a time when everything inside of you isn't making sense and is swirling. Right. And so then, you know, even how you talking about too, like the perceptions of other people and trying to manage that when everything inside you is swirling. So like, again, is there any wonder, you know, me numbing out on alcohol, you numbing out on alcohol, is there any wonder it's because, you know, like everything else is all over the place and I can't calm it down and I don't know what's making (laughs) it inside of me. So I got to shut it down somehow. Right. Right. Feel it. And I think that then too, what happens then, unfortunately, because we, we choose those behaviors, we have shame around our choices, right? We have shame around, oh, I did this then when I was drinking, Mm -hmm. or I made this choice, or I made a fool of myself over here. God, Christina, why did you do that? Right. And then it become about my choices and how I did these things instead of the fact that, oh, wait a minute, this Mm -hmm. is why over here. And gosh, I think so many trauma survivors can't see 
the why because we're we we have all the shame but it's shame for the wrong thing you know right <laughs> the blame the blame we put the blame on us or the guilt and all of that and so thank you for really even just starting there like then I did this and I had to go back to therapy and healing the right thing and that is mm-hmm. such a struggle and an up and down that I think you know we have to keep saying that because when you're in the middle of it you feel alone you don't think that oh, yes. you're in the right place you're like no this and so anyway I just I'm so in love with I'm not in love with everything you said because I hate that you had to say it but thank you for but, but being honest because people don't understand and I tell people all the time don't pressure people into to speaking up yeah because while it may make sense to you and it may seem easy to you it's only easy because you're not in a situation so of course I can stand here and tell you what to do from the background oh yeah Yes, go do this. But what happens when you go home at night and I'm not available to talk to you and you're left to deal with it? And it was so many things that I'm not going to lie. When I really got to the point of going through the indictment, I had got to the point I told my husband, you're not even allowed to come. I don't want you here. I don't want your support. I was like, I really at this point feel better off without your help because when it was should have been a time you told me I needed to tell. I did that, but what should have been a time of comfort was more like more pressure and not understanding, you know, it's easy to say, get off social media, but what about when I'm that anonymous person that social media is talking about and they don't know, so I can't get away from it because now I'm, I'm kind of drawn to what people are saying and they're not saying anything positive because of course, this man is a prominent man in the community. He would never do that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I needed that support. I needed you because more than ever, I'm, I feel alone in a house full of people. I felt so alone and it was miserable. And a lot of times the sad thing is I felt best when I was by myself, but mm-hmm. I was further in depression then because I was, it was known I'm by myself. <laughs> like there's right. nobody around. I'm really by myself now, but at the same time, I'm in a place of peace and depression all at once. Yeah. So it was so many emotions. And when I look back, I, I look back and I say, honestly, I'm not for sure how I actually made it this far. Mm-hmm. Other than I know it was God, but I'm like, man, I don't know how I didn't give up or yeah. end up on first 48. <laughs> One of, right. My, I just ha- had somebody on the podcast last week and he, what he said about that was that, you know, he didn't think resiliency is what you go through. It's what you were born with. And so that is because you were born, God gave you that resiliency from mm-hmm. the start. And that I loved how he said that because I was like, yes, like, you know, I, I had this all along. My trauma didn't make me stronger. I was already mm-hmm. strong. And when he said that, I was like, yes, my trauma <laughs> doesn't get credit for shit. I did that. That's right. you know, like, <laughs> the trauma tried to kill me. I'm going to, you know, give my credit to the resilience because that's what kept pushing me. Right. Yeah. And into you know what you said too about like when it's time you know I'm the first one you you know your organization speak our truth and I'm like use your voice and I'm saying that but it's when it's ready when it's your time when you're ready when it is in a space that you feel safe because so often again that's why people don't right because we have and it hasn't worked out well Mm -hmm. you know and for anyone who doesn't understand that I would just you know think about any relationship you've had think about a time when you've admitted (laughs) feelings to somebody and they didn't reciprocate yeah and they were like no you know they say oh okay yeah okay thank you instead of I love you too or whatever right yeah (laughs) 
it's like, so imagine that when you're disclosing something so deeply personal and terrible that you have, you know, are really not, you know, struggling with, and then needing something back and not being able to get it right. Right. You know, or getting a response back that then makes you feel even smaller, even worse then, you know, there's a reason then why you maybe don't open that space up again. Right. Mm -hmm. Or even what you were saying too, about wanting then to be alone, you know, I relate to that so well, especially when I was in my deepest periods of needing to heal because being with other people felt too overwhelming. Yes. And, and part of that is like, I felt so chaotic inside, even if I looked completely calm and like what you and I have talked about with somatic healing in the body, right. Is that like, I didn't even understand how I was so activated all the time. So then being around other people's energies or thinking of how I might have to manage something, or if I might have to explain something like it's, it's just too much, too overwhelming. Right. Or I might have to, if I didn't act right, have to explain something or whatever. So it just became like, I don't want to deal with that. Or I've done it at work all day. So now I can't, I'm going to go here, but then, yeah, when you go here and you're still, and you're not quite ready to heal from some things, or you're not quite sure how to look at them by yourself, or you don't have a great therapist, or whatever it is, that place that you chose yes. to go to, like, I chose not to be with my friends right now, yet, <laughs> yet, here I, I am in the worst place, dark spiral, Right. And then, then wait, oh, I see that I'm in a dark spiral. So I'm going to shame myself for the dark for spiral. Here, right. Now I've added shame on top of the spiral that I was already shaming. My- <laughs> here. And why didn't I just choose to go with my friends? More shame, you know? So- and it's a circle. It's a, a continuous circle. And, you know, to be honest, I still deal with that. Um, one thing I'm big on, and I have it over here right now, I have incense. And anytime, whether I'm on a podcast or anything, I always like the incense. And I say, because I really don't know what kind of energy I'm coming across. I don't know what kind of triggers I'm going to have, but it's the smell of the incense that as I'm speaking, that keeps me calm. Cause I'm like, you know, you're still in a safe space. It's okay. Things are going to be fine. And it's so crazy because anytime before I start and I took even telling my daughter, set up my studio and she knows, Hey, I I have to have my stuff ready because when it's time I'm come light everything, my candle, my incense, that way I can kind of inhale, breathe. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm okay. Cause you never know what's going to come up are the emotions that that are going to arise. So it's important. It's important, but I used to be the same way. People love that. (laughs) I want to get incense in my recording room now. That is (laughs) Because it is, you just, you don't even know like what's going to happen. And especially when you're having so many emotionally laden conversations. And as yes. you and I have discussed is that, you know, you could have the same exact conversation four times in three times. It might not do anything to you. And the and fourth, fourth time randomly for no reason on a different word, it might be like, oh, or, you know, you might feel it. So I love that piece of advice for people to have, you know, the incense there, just to have that, like, but like you say, reminding your body, reminding mm-hmm. your senses that you're safe. Okay. This is a safe space. This is a safe. It's going to be okay. <laughs> uh-huh. And it helps. And it helps because I, when I went through my phase, I hated, and you can't explain what's wrong with you. Cause you don't know. It would feel like I just had a bunch of, bunch of flutters right in through here between my, my abdomen area. And I can never explain. It was just weird. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to go home. Or if I was out and you could tell I wasn't having the best time. It's like, I'm trying to joke. I'm trying to play, but really I'm not in that mood. I'm not in that space. And I can't tell you what's wrong. Cause I don't know. I just know I feel weird on the inside and I feel chaotic. I feel stressed. And 
I got to figure it out. Yeah. And then that's when I realized why I would drink more too, you know, so especially in social situations, because I would then feel like socially awkward or I feel like I was being, you know, whatever. So it's like, okay, I'm drinking. It's like, not yes. even because I want to drink, you know, or because I'm like, okay, yep. Socially awkward. Or I got to do that. I'm to comfortable numb, like this. <laughs> yeah. Numb some, some of the senses or to be okay. And then, you know, then again, not wanting that to be the choice always either. But right. like you say, it's it's that sensation. I think we're getting a lot better. There's a lot more out there now talking about those physical experiences of trauma or talking about the ways that we store our emotions. But I think like we have had such a disconnect from that mind and body, right? You know, we've mm-hmm. lost sight of what that really is. And I think that for trauma survivors in particular, when your body has been violated, learning to trust your body, learning to listen to your body. I mean, there's so much wrapped up in that again. So it's like really being able to understand, okay, I have to go back to my body, but my body also is a source of trauma now for me. Yes. So, okay, let me unpack that a little bit, you know? There's just so many and layers. You unpack it and you're like, oh gosh, I need another drink because I unpacked it. <laughs> right, I know. It's like, how, how many suitcases are there to unpack? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> and I tell people all the time, I said, the funniest thing is sometimes people will say something to me now. And when it hits me, I'm like, oh, I think I need to deal with that. I didn't realize that was a bother. And they're like, you really just acknowledge that. Yes, I said, but I'm not going to pack it in front of you. Let me go home and deal with this. <laughs> I'm going to put this in the back of my head for now, but you know, it was a trigger. So I acknowledge I need to deal with it. And it's like, Oh God, what is this going to look like? And how deep does this really go? Because Mm -hmm. trauma is like a banana. There's that one layer. And then you have the little stringy pieces. You (laughs) You just keep pulling those stringy pieces as they continue to come off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, but even what you said, like, think about like the profound shift from being able to what you just said, recognize, oh, I, was, oh, I had a trigger, oh, so I'm going to yes. deal with that later versus like times where you have been in spaces where that trigger comes up, you don't even know it's a trigger. And then like your whole life is blowing up in front of you because <laughs> you don't even know what's happening, right? I started unnecessary arguments and couldn't really place my finger on it. It yeah. was horrible. And I've told somebody recently, I said, the hardest thing about when I was married is because I was dealing with that and not I was dealing, but not dealing with it Mm -hmm. and trying to be around my family is I forced my ex-husband to come around and now I'm forcing you to deal with it because you know the backstory and you're not comfortable. And what was happening, he would start drinking because he was like, I don't want to go around and you know, you don't want me to say anything, but you're forcing me to go around because you won't deal with it. And so it was like one big blow up that just constantly happened all the time because it was the elephant in the room. Well, my underlying trauma is causing you to drink because I won't walk away. And it's causing me to be angry because I'm around this person and I really just want to be angry at them. (laughs) So now we have two angry people who are together. And at the end of the night, we're going home and it's a big blow up. Yeah. And we never discuss what the real issue is. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he wanted me to say something, but I don't respect the method of it. Yeah. And that's what's so hard too, when you're in, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to seeing a loved one or seeing somebody, you know, that you care about and you're like, you know, why can't you just get over it? Or why can't you just say mm-hmm. something? Or why can't you just, what can't you just, can't you just, right? <laughs> and it's, are you should, you should. And it's, it's so hard. Cause I've been that person too, you know, like with my children or with whomever, like you want somebody else to get there because you can see that they're in pain 
or because right. you know it's causing pain in your relationship or whatever. But it's like really being able to step into and understand that you don't know what that pain is really doing to them every single day. And when right. they're going to get to the place, you know, like I, I'm the first to admit, if I look at my life, there are a number of times where I should have waken up or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. Right. So many times where it was like, oh yeah, that was a sign. Okay. Yep. Missed that <laughs> one too. Okay. You know, mm. you know, like, I feel like I must be a little more dense than I realized because there are several times when I should have seen it. But, and I'm sure other people too are like, what is going on with her? But it took me getting to that point for it's myself and it's different now. And I can see even the ways I maybe tried in other fashions or, you know, like you saying with the different types of therapy or with the different things or the mm -hmm. things you're trying to heal or the fights you're having where they're about something, but they're not really about the right thing <laughs> or whatever, you know? <laughs> and so I can see how it's been this constant process of trying to get here. Right. But I got to get there myself still. Yes. And, and that's, that's what like you having that, that process in that journey almost interrupted. And what I want to say again for people is like, imagine again, you're a person who things that happened to you already weren't your fault. You didn't have choice mm -hmm. in it. So then to feel like your healing journey, you didn't have choice in it. Yes. There's also trauma there. And I just, again, I want to keep unpacking what you're saying for other people to really see like, that's how layered these things are. It's not oh, how that yes. thing happened, you know? It's, it's a constant journey. It's, it lasts forever. Mm -hmm. um, and then the worst thing is you can be fine for years and out the blue, the smallest trigger can come up and it's like, okay, wait, hold on. And you have to be able to get yourself back to the good standing again. Because what I tell people is we get stagnant, then we never really come out of that place. Yep. And we're kind of stuck not wanting to move forward. And like I do coaching and I tell people, okay, I live off a model and they always hate my last word. I say, you know, we start with self-awareness because we have to con continue to acknowledge our thought patterns and how can we change them? I don't want to see survivors just stuck in their homes, afraid to live life, not being who they could be. And sometimes it's our thought patterns. You know, I'm afraid that this may happen, but we still have to be kind of willing to, to conquer the world and still go after it. And I tell them, you know, but that's why we rebuild our confidence and remember who we were and who we are and who we can become. Then I tell them, you know, forgiveness, forgiveness is my biggest one. And I'm like, you know, it's not about forgiving your predator, but we blame ourselves. We always yeah. blame mm -hmm. ourselves. Hey, everyone. I hope that you're loving this episode so far with Cassandra and Delashawn. This is Katrina, Cassandra's podcast manager. I just wanted to hop on real quick. If you're in Arlington, Texas on April 23rd from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., Cassandra's actually going to be a guest speaker at the Speak Our Truth Survivors event pop-up. And I would love for you to grab a ticket. You can head over to speakourtruth.org slash events or scroll below this episode and there will be a direct link for you to purchase your ticket. It's only $15 and there's going to be workout sessions of extreme hip hop, shops and vendors, dance parties, I'm sure, and so many great speakers. So I hope that you go and I hope that you tag Cassandra and Delashawn in your posts raving about your time. Now back to the episode. Mm -hmm. I could have done this different or maybe if I did this different. Let me tell you something. There is no different. I was a teenager walking around in undergarments, shorts, 
pajama pants all at once and a tank top and it didn't stop from what took place so there is it's never our fault but we blame ourselves so we have to learn to forgive ourselves but then there's that one word accountability <laughs> everyone hates it and i'm like no i'm not saying it's your fault i'm not saying no. you have to be accountable for what happens but you are accountable for what happens after that Mm-hmm. You know, we want you to see a therapist because that's really who's going to be able to help you unpack it. And I said, therapist is like your best friend. Imagine, yes, we pay them, but think about the person you can go talk to freely. You're not judged. Mm-hmm. It's not going to end up on social media. It won't end up in the blogs. You can freely express how you feel and, you know, what you're going through. So why not take that opportunity? I love it. I mean, if I can go sit there all day and be like, yeah, I'm this, I'm, I'm the one person <laughs> You know, the other day I thought about kind of hurting somebody and she's not going to be like, oh, you're a horrible person. Right, right. But I can freely express myself because there are times that I walked in and I'm, I hate this person and I just want them to fall off the face of the earth. Why did this happen to me? You know, yes, I, do. I go in some days and I'm like, I'm feeling a little stabby today. Like I just <laughs> stab someone. And that's, that's how I feel like I want to be able to be free and not be like oh my gosh so are you thinking about it no I'm not gonna hurt anybody but I better tell somebody before I do because <laughs> I know now that these emotions are sitting in me and they're real and if they continue throughout the day it's gonna get worse so I'm like you know hey I know how I'm feeling and I know if I'm really angry or if I wake up angry mm-hmm. and I've been triggered then leave me alone because I don't know what you're going to experience today. And it's going to be a lot of anger. <laughs> well, and like you said, you know, you wake up angry. I, it's so interesting to me how so often, you know, there are subconscious patterns going on in our sleeps to sleep too, that you don't even know what you may have dreamt or thought about in your sleep to wake up, you know, feeling triggered or activated and all of those things, even that you're saying too about, okay, where are you comfortable? And are you sitting in that comfort? Or, you know, are you not going to do something because you think you can't like mm-hmm. that? There is, there's so much actual, like the, the chemicals in your brain that you got to wade through too. Right. And remind yourself like, okay, your brain wants to be safe and comfy right now. Yes. And even if even that misery is comfortable to your brain. Oh, yes. It knows it, right. <laughs> it's like actively like remembering like, okay, sometimes you got to push through that because if you keep listening to it that's what your brain wants because it's like okay at least we know this situation we may hate it or you may feel miserable right now but it's comfortable yes and that's where even like you're talking about like the fights you know with your husband in the where that would go to at that time it's like it it becomes patterned behavior right then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden like you can see this in other again i encourage people look at your relationships you'll see different places where fights would come up or things like that because all this in your body you might not even know but your body might need, your body might be like, oh, something's happening. So you lash out at somebody and later on, you're like, I don't know why I did that. And then you have shame. Right. But in the moment you maybe weren't even really consciously trying to choose it. Right. But your body's going to it. Right. And that's, that was what, that was me. What it, what it was is my brain. It was easier to argue with him because he was in the house. And since I couldn't argue with the person I wanted to argue with or lash out like I wanted to, well, I'm going to take it to the first person I'm comfortable with because, well, of course, yes, I'm going to argue. They'll let me, and then the next day I'm going to feel crazy. And then he does kind of, well, you know, you shouldn't have acted like this or you should. (laughs) And you're like, well, now this is shame, but guess what? 
until I did something, it just kept happening over and yeah. over and over. And so finally I was like, you know, there's a lot of things going. There's a lot of different moving pieces in this. I'm not healthy for him. And to be honest, he wasn't healthy for me because he really had never experienced that. So he couldn't really help me cope yeah. and get through it. So with the moving pieces, I had to make that ultimate decision. What do I do to get that healing? And, you know, it did mean for me to have to get a divorce. And I'm thankful because now we're friends and there's certain things I can tell him. And he's like, you know, I'm really proud of you. And the fact that you finally just started really working on that. Don't get me wrong. We still argue, <laughs> but it's not focused based off my trauma. You know, there's other issues. Well, now we have kids and all this stuff. So there's other issues. But when it comes to a point of my sexual assault, he can say, you know, I'm proud of you for actually working through it and seeing what you're doing in your organization and how you're helping other women. And I'm able to say, had I really not looked at what I was going through and what I was putting you through, I wouldn't be here because it really took that step for me to take a step back and look and say, this, this is where I'm hurting. And because I'm hurting here, I'm causing other people to hurt. Yeah. And my hurt to be worse. Yeah. And that's what I think too, you know, like you said, that's why there is so much forgiveness of self because mm -hmm. I don't know anyone who isn't aware of that part that you just said. Yes. Isn't aware of the fact that, oh, I'm hurting. I know how I'm hurting other people, or I see how this is going sideways over here. Or, yep. Mm -hmm, I had a role in that. I don't know any trauma survivor who <laughs> isn't aware of that. Right. So like that forgiveness of self. Yes. is so huge. It's so big. Right. And really being able to understand what role that has and to be able to grieve those times where you know you wish grieve. it would have been differently different or yes. whatever it is mm -hmm. grieve it please grieve it allow yourself to grieve people think of gr grieving just with death no you have to grieve everything you've been through because there's an emotional attachment whether it's a good situation or a bad situation when we experience things that may be memorable it's an emotional attachment how did we feel at that time and if you felt sad and you never really dealt with it then you didn't give yourself that proper time to grieve and actually deal with it and until you do it will continue to surface over and over in different ways and I tell people we think every day that the people at our job who are just angry are just angry because they're at work I mean granted we all hate our jobs like having to clock in and get up early is just pointless in life <laughs> we should all be able to sleep to noon but when you see people who are just constantly angry, there's something internal that they haven't dealt with. And because they haven't allowed themselves to grieve, they're just kind of expressing it in a negative way. And it's showing at work, it's showing in their family, it's showing in anything that they want to do because it looks just bitter. Yeah. And unfortunately, I've learned to look at, and I say unfortunately, I've learned to look at people for what it is that they haven't dealt with it, but it makes it hard because sometimes it just looks like, oh, well now I'm willing to accept your hurt because yeah. I have an understanding. And that's why I say it's so unfortunate because people have done it. Well, you know how it feels. I do, but I don't want to be the person on the other end of your anger because it still hurts. And now you're yeah. kind of triggering and traumatizing me in other areas. Right, no, <laughs> this is exactly, you're so right. And especially like, you know, I teach about awareness and I'm like all this is so sometimes, and especially after you go through a lot of healing and you do, I see people act, acting in different ways. And I see like, you know, I think that this is something else, you know, you're constantly able to see, okay, that's not, wasn't about me, or this is something else. Right. But what I tell people who I'm in personal relationships with is like my awareness and understanding, and even my empathy for what it is you're going through, doesn't take away the hurt 
that this yes. behavior caused me or that this behavior was inflicted upon me or whatever, right? It's So it's like having that accountability. And I do understand, and I did have people hold me accountable, you know, in relationships. And so it's learning that, but I don't want to, because I don't want to be harsh on anyone, right? Or I don't want to be like, hey, you're acting out in this way or tell them what's up or try to get push them to heal. But it is like one of those spaces where it is very clear, like, okay, but I also can't allow you to treat me in this way. That is my boundary. And I will also say that that boundary has gotten a lot clearer for me because I have worked so hard because it's like, okay, I worked really hard to get like, here. This is where I am. <laughs> and so I, I want to be here for you in the capacity I can, but if that involves you treating me in this way, or if this is how this works out for you, then I'm not the person who can be in this right. space with you. And that's hard to say, especially as somebody who, you know, we're sitting here being like, we want to help everybody heal. We want to be here for everyone, <laughs> you know, but so really being able to also recognize that, you know, people have to do this in a way that they have to be willing to do the work when they want to heal. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just about stating something has happened to you and then being able to be like, well, yeah, this is how I get to act now because this thing happened to me. Okay. There are a ton of people who are going to do that, but what is that getting you? You know? So That's it's like, right. right. So really That's like, right. okay. Yep. These are the things that have happened to you. So how can you move through those? And there's yes. going to be that messy part. You know, there's going to be that messy middle part for all of us. Right. But the people who are working on it and trying and who are, you know, doing their work, I'm here for that all day. I am too. Cause I'm and doing that work too. You know, and that's what I say. It's, it's hard work, but you build a community mm -hmm. and you learn how to get that, get there together because if we have group coaching, maybe you've experienced something and tried a method I never even thought of. Mm -hmm. And now I can take that experience. Okay. Oh, okay. Now I can go try this at home and see if it works for me because everything's not going to work for everybody. Journaling may work for me, but it may not work for you. Meditating may work for me, but it may not be for you. You may need to go walk in nature. The closest to nature I tell people I'm going is I have a little field back here by my apartment. That's it. I don't do snakes. I don't do animals. <laughs> so going into real nature is very scary to me, but that might be your thing. And that's okay. Because what we have to do is acknowledge what your thing is and mm -hmm. see how we can get you to do it on a consistent basis. And I tell people when you're finding your, your coping mechanism, it can't be a one-time thing because how do you know to go back to it if you're not used to it? Your mind is used to that negativity. So it's going to revert back to the negativity. Mm -hmm. But if you continue to work on your breathing, if you continue to go out for walks and do things that make you feel better, mm -hmm. as soon as you begin to feel yourself flare up, you have a better chance of calming back down and grounding yourself than you do. The once you get on 10, there's no calming down until you're ready. And <laughs> I can speak from experience because I can feel it and it's it's rising, it's rising. And some days I'm like, okay, I'm okay. Let me go breathe. Let me go meditate. But if I'm on a constant go and things are hitting me yeah. and I don't have time, I feel it. And then when I get there, it's like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, wait. And finally it'll come down. But by the time it comes down, I'm like, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. And I didn't even know it's going to happen. And that's <laughs> the thing is like learning to understand that because the reality of it is, is like, it's going to happen in your daily life. Yes. That is going to happen. You know, I had this big speech to give last fall about like being triggered and about like, <laughs> like it was literally, that's what I was going to talk about. And before I went to give the speech, like my PowerPoint wasn't coming up on the computer. I couldn't get the printer to work. And I'm like, 
<laughs> oh, it's happening. It's happening. So I did. I went in and I started the speech. I was like, look, all right, this is actually what happened. And so here's how I had to deal with this. And this is what this looks like. Yes. And so like, even like, that's a win, you know? So you said like, okay, healing and it's work and finding your people, even also when you're doing that process, finding them the strength in it. Cause now it's like, okay, yeah, I'm doing this and look at what a badass healer I am. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, I used to spiral it. Oh yeah. Now I could just do that. That was a big thing. And I did recover from it and I was yep. way up here, but it didn't have to derail my whole rest of my day or my life or my world, because I'm awesome enough to really be able to hold space for myself now, right. you know, and that's something where just that continual process and understanding that you will get to a point where your healing doesn't feel so hard, where, you know, it's like doing the work, but it's like work you want to do because it's rewarding. Yes. It's, it's and it that. has to relieve the tension. And if you can't do it, get friends who can help you get there, especially starting off. It's so hard mm-hmm. at the beginning because you're like, oh, this is weird. When mm-hmm. I first started saying affirmations, I was like, I'm really talking to myself. This is kind of awkward. And so I was like, what do I do? Because my, my therapist was adamant. You've taught your daughter this since she was a baby. So why is it so weird for you to teach yourself? And I was like, well, because I haven't been saying them, you know, this is everyday life for her. She's used to this now. This she is the do as I say, not as I do. Not as I do. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, she thinks this is, this is a part of life to her. This is how she started. She doesn't see it any different. Now you're coming to me at 30 some years old and telling me, say affirmations. And I'm like, you want me to talk to myself in a good way? Like, that's weird. And so I had to write them on my mirror. Because now I can look at them and I'm at least taking them in until I'm ready to say them. And then I've had somebody taught me to listen to them as I go to bed. Mm. And when you listen to them, I find that if I listen to them before I go to bed and I let it even talk to me, because YouTube will continue to play different affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I listen to it and then wake up, the first thing I try to do is listen to another set of affirmations. It kind of gets me in that mindset where I'm already in a positive state. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can do it today. I'm going to be fine. But I had to work myself to getting there. And mm. if I didn't have that, call my friend. Because maybe your friend can tell you, you're badass. It's okay. This is just a temporary moment. Don't let it hold you down. Put that smile back on your face and you go out there and you kick ass. <laughs> do what you got to do. Yes. And just knowing that then there are going to be those moments. And so then you don't have to feel shame or sadness or whatever about that fact and finding those people. And I know that that can feel so lonely because there are definitely people who are like, but I don't have that friend or I don't have that space. And that's where like, I, um, I know you've read a lot about like manifestation and alignment and different things too. So, you know, we, you know, thinking about expanders and knowing that people who expand your mindset can be anywhere even on social media it could be on the podcast like you said it could be the youtube affirmations so maybe you aren't sure who that friend is who can build you up okay this is why curate your social media so you're following the people yep. who people who make lift you up yeah yes. or who you like that person sees me okay it doesn't have to be someone you know i mean if the pandemic taught us anything it's like that we can't necessarily see the people we want to see all the time right so what are so many alternatives? Yeah. So really being able to, okay, then you know what, this person over here, when I listen to them or I watch them on TikTok, mm-hmm. they give me that, they give me that spirit. That's what you need to find. Right. And if you have those Great people words. do that in person, and that's where, like you said, with your work and the group coaching in the spaces, that's what you're doing. You're creating those spaces of empowerment and encouragement yes. for people 
And a lot of times when you go into that space, you don't even necessarily know what you need it for. You know, it's like, you know, I don't know what I need to necessarily work on or heal from, or I'm not sure where my triggers are maybe, but I just know that hearing all the things that you're saying feels good. And I want to sit in that space a little right bit. now. <laughs> yeah. I want to sit in that space with you a little bit. And I think that that's something too, where the last few years, more people, not even who have had sexual violence, um, people who've had other kinds of traumas, everybody's had trauma in the pandemic. Okay. I, I wish people would just recognize like you have been through collective trauma. Okay. Yes. So wherever you are, okay. You have had that. So recognizing then where has your shift come in, you know, your nervous mm -hmm. system, all of these emotional things, all of these things that we're talking about here are things that can be applied across just a, nor a normal, like we're not normal, but you know, <laughs> that sounded awful, but, but any person's life. Right. And so then when you think about like, what if we could all start there a little bit more, right? Yes. Like you're saying with your daughter, she started with the affirmation. So what if we all just like start there again, you know, and work in that and make it a little less uncomfortable and start to talk about it more so that then it's not weird to talk to yourself and, you know, look at yourself positive. Yeah. Cause that's, they, that's what people seem like. It's so weird to just be positive. And you're like, well, that's awkward that we in society have made negative more common and okay than being positive. And I've gotten to the point to where I tell my daughter now, we can't joke and say mean things mm -mm. because subconsciously you're still talking to me and I'm still taking that in. And therefore, if I'm telling you to speak highly of yourself, I have to still speak highly of you. You have to speak highly of me, even in a joking manner. You may not have experienced trauma yet, but you're going to get there. And when you do, I want you to already have those tools to revert back to. And that's important because, like you said, trauma is important because it's not just sexual assault. It's not just domestic violence. Going through a divorce is trauma for some people. Having to deal with any type of sickness and illness or your spouse being sick. These are things that people go through and they have a hard time recovering from. Women, especially having babies. Mm -hmm. That, oh, that is a trauma. <laughs> that is a trauma. And it's like, you know, when you're rebuilding yourself, you have to really look at yourself outside of that trauma because we had life before trauma, but who remembers life before trauma? We remember all of that trauma that was placed on us and how we had to maneuver after trauma. So now it's time to like redefine that beauty. Mm -hmm. We don't know who we were then, but who are you going to be? What are you going to work towards now? And how can you get there? So that life looks better and it looks like what you want. Yeah. That's what it's about. And I, I think like the more, the more you can get to a place like where you are able. And when I say talk about it, I don't mean you have to go share all of the details of everything. You know, it's right. not that more, and you may never even talk about it, period. Maybe your expression is going to be through, you know, music or poetry or painting or through, you know, whatever your expression is going to be, right? But when you finally get to that integration piece, right, of, okay, this is part of me, I'm moving through it, and it doesn't now change who I am, it just is, I can see who I am aside from that trauma. Right. Like, when you can get to that space, that positive place that you're talking about is easy. Yes. I am. It, and it isn't hard for me to have those conversations anymore. And that's, you know, I keep saying, okay, difficult conversations are difficult because we don't have them. Nothing gets easier by ignoring it. You know, those difficult it's conversations the in the room. So like somebody just said to me, actually, because we have the event coming up, you know, that you're hosting that I'm going to come to. 
and I'm, I'm excited to come. And somebody was like, how can you be excited to go to event, an event about sexual assault or, you know, isn't that going to be depressing or triggering? I was like, no, uh-uh, you should come. <laughs> you would see it's, it's inspiring and it's empowering. And it is something where you are, you feel lifted up by other people who have gone through things and you will, you see smiles and you see laughter because people feel their own strength. Yes. And that is something where it's like, it's not hard for me to be positive every day in spite of everything, even on the days where I'm triggered or I feel grief or I'm sad, I still have that positivity and hope because I know who I am, Mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying. I know who I am aside from my trauma and who I am authentically inside separate from what happened to me. I tell people, you know, when you think about events, it's not to say, oh, this is a good thing. It happened. But why does learning have to be boring? We went through years of that in school. We should not do it again. I feel like education can be fun. And it's also easier to take in when it's fun. So why not provide something fun to do? And then you can say, you know what? When I was at this event, I was walking down the the walkway and I seen a sign that said one in four women are sexually assaulted. And that doesn't make me comfortable. I want to see what I can do or how I can help, you know, change that. Or, you know, you say things like, oh, that says consent. Well, what exactly is consent? What we're doing is we're starting the conversation that people refuse to have. The Mm -hmm. only way we can say we want to reduce and get rid of sexual assault is if we educate. I have to educate you on what sexual assault is. Um, We have to have these conversations because we can't stop having predators if they don't even know they're predators. Now, don't get me wrong. There are just some sick people who will forever be a predator. Mm -hmm. But there are some who are just uneducated on what consent is and don't understand how alcohol plays a part. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're out making these choices that are unhealthy. And why not have an event? I talk to men. Let me say this. I'm so proud of the men I have come around because they're having the conversation. I was like, I created a safe place that I was literally sitting on the couch the other day and I had, can I ask you a question? So this is the situation, how does that work? And I was like, okay, let's have this conversation because this is what I want. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm looking for. You find me comfortable enough to come and ask me and I'm not gonna judge you, but I'm doing two things. I'm making sure you're aware Mm -hmm. of what decision you should and shouldn't make. And then at the same time, I get to speak about what goes on and what really needs to happen and where the lack is, because that conversation is just going to lead me to tell you all the things that I think is done wrong, (laughs) all the things I think is done wrong. And so I was like, you know, I'm glad that we're having those conversations. So events like this are to bring awareness, to Mm -hmm. celebrate the survival. There are so many Mm -hmm. people who have stories of how they overcome. Why can't we not cheer them on? For some people... This is going to be the first time since the pandemic that they have seen smiling faces. That is what it's about. Let me show you my smile. And if you want to come hug me, I get we're in a place where we're not supposed to hug. But if you see me, if you want to come hug me, please. I'm going to give you the biggest hug ever. You can't can't wait. (laughs) And that's me. I tell people all the time, I like to hug because that embrace, I don't know what it's doing for you. You might feel all the love I have in me and feel like you can just keep going for this day. And that's enough for me. So if y'all come to the event, come hug me, come say hi, because I'm going to, I'm taking it all in. (laughs) Well, and thank you again for just your openness in, in not only starting your organization and being just a presence for so many people, 
but the ways that you're so open about your own story and talking about things and providing this platform for other survivors, you really are opening up the conversation. You're starting this space. And I love the ways that you're including so many different people in this, because this is a space that everybody needs to be part of that conversation yes. too, right? And we have to be able to talk to kids about this because this is a preventable problem. It really is. You know, where we get so worked up about like, how do we cure this? How do we cure that? Like, this is actually a preventable problem. You know, so having the conversation, raising that awareness, that's how we start. Yes. So I, I am so thankful and grateful to you for all that you do. I'm especially grateful Thank to you for coming on the show. And I cannot Thank wait you. for the event on April 23rd. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. Look, I am so excited. Um, I'm really excited about the workout sessions. Y'all have two good sessions in me. We're doing three. Um, since I have two instructors, I'm going to attend two. Okay. <laughs> Um, and one of them, train for that <laughs> yeah, bring some um some workout clothes but one of them I'm really excited about because one of her methods is including affirmations in the workout oh cool and so the, when I went to her class I was like oh this is beautiful because before we start you know you're marching in places and she makes you say I am strong and you can't say you know I am strong oh no I am strong and it makes you feel empowered and you're like yes I'm strong and to hear the people around you say the same thing you just feel the encouragement and the support and it's like yes this is who I am so I'm really excited about that part. She was like, oh, we're going to finish with a soul train line because we're just going to dance it off. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I love everything that you're just saying right now. I mean, I have never been to a workout class that started with affirmations. That's I know. Yeah. I know. That's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, everyone, <laughs> thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for listening. Please come out to see DeLashawn and I on April 23rd. I'll post all the event details in the show notes and find out where you can find DeLashawn. But please tell us again, DeLashawn Bordeaux of Speak Our Truth. Where can we find you? Yes, we. Um, our website is www.speakourtruth.org. Um, if you ever need to email us, it's info at speakourtruth.org. And we are on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Our Truth. Um, I would also encourage you to check out YouTube. There are a lot of videos um, talking about self-care versus self-love and how to you know, deal with that. Um, Dr. LeClaire's, her interview is on there from... <laughs> our Instagram live. So there are a lot of, we actually have a mini, a mini series. Um, tonight I'm doing episode four and it is called sexual assault, the conversation, because like I said, this conversation has to be had. Mm -hmm. So please check out YouTube. It's great to hear each person's story and how they're overcoming. Um, other than that, come hang out with us April 23rd. I'm ready. I'm excited. Well, thank you again for being here and sharing your story and really for supporting all survivors. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Here are a few of my takeaways from this episode with Dela Sean. Number one, in coming out and sharing your story or working to hold an abuser accountable for what they've done, others may pick apart your story, but your inner strength and resilience is there to push you through and empower you to move forward. Number two, you can be triggered by little things in your day. And in being aware of this, you can set the tone with incense or a candle or a song to bring you back to the present moment and remind you that you are safe. Number three, when you see someone who is always angry, there is so much unhealed pain within them that they have yet to address. 
It's a fine line of being understanding and aware of their pain and then accepting the cruelty that they may be dishing out to you. Boundaries are your friend to protect you from continuing to be on the receiving end of this projection of pain. Number four, affirmations may feel strange at first, but it helps you shift your mindset to end or begin your day with positivity. Number five, in coming together, we can celebrate the growth we've done in our healing journey. Events like the one day LaShawn and I are hosting are part of the healing because you are allowing yourself to embrace community and continuing the conversations that need to be had. Thank you again for listening. 